produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. Sorry, I don't need to disguise my voice. It's here. You're there. And we, your dashing duo, are, uh, I think we got a good night plan for tonight. It is Derek and myself. Mike, how's it going? Not too shabby. Still waiting for the bagpipes with the Star Wars main title theme, <laughs> which is what we're used to hearing on this show at this time of night. I've gotten used to it, but you know, it's still, still hard to set adjust. Well, uh, the I, bad part for me is is I actually feel the opposite way. It's not that I'm expecting to be doing Wookiee Radio now. It's that I feel like it's Wednesday <laughs> instead of Friday. Well, work-wise, it's my Monday when we record, so which my Monday is Friday. <laughs> um, check out the homepage, WeebyGeeks.net. Go down the side. Uh, it's our affiliates. Uh, you've got Redbubble, uh, which I'm getting ready to update that image because they're doing, apparently, a 25% St. Patrick's Day sale on Redbubble. Oh, so, oh. so I'm going to throw that up. Uh, you've also got um, our tea Public store, Ripped Apparel, uh, Superhero Stuff, Loot Crate, which Loot Crate, there is a s- indoor box in your calling. Uh, fan Chest, hey, baseball season's just, just starting with spring training. Get your baseball fan chest now. Uh, also, too, is our web store where you got jerseys, hats, T-shirts, all that jazz, uh, sweatshirts uh, for Mighty Marvel Geeks, new Captain Marvel-themed Cree and Hero Captain Marvel hockey jerseys. Did you see those? No. If, let me send you the link. Mm-hmm. And then when you're there, filter by popularity. So, um, but also too, go to heroesandvillains.com or heroesvillains.com. There, the link is the one that's got all the indoor Star Wars garb on the, on the homepage. Um, go there, use the code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your, your first purchase. Uh, Heroes and Villains is gear for the informed fans. Um, with a little bit of storytelling behind the product. So, uh, you, you know right away what the story that you almost feel like you're part of the story. Uh, like with their indoor collection with the rebels, it's all the commandos with the, with the Imperials, it's the biker scouts. Uh, and then the other is, uh, if I could pull it up, um, where's the little keychain? Those are found me's. And you know, I don't know about you guys. I'm tired of losing my phone. I'm tired of losing my keys. These little found me's are, are like Bluetooth trackers, but more. Not only will they help you find your keys through your phone or even through your Alexa device, but they also help you f- 
in reverse, if you know where your keys are with the tracker, you can find your phone with it. And then if you happen, to, that. if you happen to see us at a convention eating, we could put we could prop the phone up on the far end of the table. Everyone crowd in, make sure everyone's in frame. Instead of trying to reach out and hit the button, we could push it further out so everyone's in. We could use you could use that found me, push the button on it, and it'll take the picture for you. How about that? I, I haven't tried that. I tried that. That's pretty cool. So that, that's all pretty cool. It, it's a great thing. Um, Derek and I got some stuff from both Heroes and Villains and from Found Me. Uh, I'll let you hit it off first. Well, I got two... Uh, of the foundries. I got a little Poe Dameron and a little Jawa, and they're both adorable. Um, so I'm pretty happy with those two. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I like, I like the different functions of the foundry. Um, it's actually pretty interesting the way you can, you can either find the foundry with your phone or find your phone with the foundry. I love that. So, uh, I'm, I'm quite enjoying these. Yeah. And they look great. Um, from Heroes and Villains, I got myself a nice, uh, keychain that is uh, a nice medallion. Um, it is on one side, it has the imperial symbol, and on the other side, it has uh, a biker scout helmet, and it says uh, Aerotech Repulsor Speeder Bike Scout Trooper, and it says Empire in little letters underneath that. So that's pretty cool. I like it. Um, and I also got another thing that was cool uh, a wallet from heroes and villains which is very convenient because as i told you before i was i've actually been looking for a new wallet because my wallet's getting a little ratty so thank you to heroes and villains for uh reading my mind and sending me this great leather wallet which also has the same biker spout biker spout <laughs> uh biker insignia as the keychain and it also uh it has snaps on it which is pretty cool yeah and you open it up and it's got, you know the it's got a little uh star wars patch uh sewn into it and it's got a it's got some uh, good space for your money and your cards and your license and everything and it's pretty it's pretty good quality i'm pretty happy with it actually you're gonna put some foil in the in the uh bill section to help rf uh, help uh protect it was that the rfid protection oh yeah Eh, we'll see. Well, it looks like, too, you've got a little hook on there if you wanted to attach your chain to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah. A little hook there. Or not hook, uh, eyelet. Uh, yeah. Well, f- for me, I got, uh, what found me, I got a Captain Phasma and I got a, an Iron Man, which will look great. I think I showed them to you guys. Yeah. We, yeah. we texted each other. It's like, oh my, I, Derek said it best. Oh my God, it's like Christmas and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they sent me, uh, the keychain. <sighs> Well, first, they, they sent me the backpack, the Rebel Commando Roll Top backpack. And I, I showed the guys on Wookiee Radio this week. This thing is cool. Yeah, pretty nice. Um, padded laptop, laptop pocket, which actually has a divide in it where you could put a tablet as well, with side zip access, which means the backpack can be closed and you can still get to it without opening up the backpack top, without undoing it. Uh, expandable roll top, roll top design, which you can set it for three different uh, settings, make it as compact or as loose as you want. Uh, some interior organizational pockets, which are on the uh, outside of the padded pocket for the laptop is where you could do like your pens, uh, notebook,
notebook, stuff like that, like a little journal book or whatnot. And it's got a, a clip where you can attack, put your keys in so you don't lose your keys, but you know you're going to lose because, but you're going to have the found me attached to it. So you go to your phone, activate the found me, and then you're going to realize, oh crap, it's in my backpack. Um, the materials. Now, Heroes and, Heroes and Villains is owned by BioWorld. So everyone knows the, the Rebel Pilot backpack has been out for years. The square with the white pockets on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know which one I'm talking about? It's that orange one. Yep. You see it almost every convention. Same company that makes those uh, owns Heroes and Villains. Now, I've heard some people complain about the quality of the old ones. With Heroes and Villains, you're getting some that they've upped the game with the quality. I mean, this stuff is, I mean, you, you've seen the hero, you've seen the Bio World wallets. You find them at Target, uh, you find them at conventions, Think Gink, stuff like that. But Derek will tell you, the wallet he has compared to those, it, it's a, with Heroes and Villains, it's a step up. Yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> so this is almost like uh, Bio World Plus, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, Bio World, then you have Bio World Plus or Bio World Premium. Uh, definitely hitting the higher end. Um, on the side of the bag, uh, a mine on one of the pockets, in Arabish it says Restore the Republic, which is cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, one of the outside pockets on this has, uh, like, both of the, the side pockets on these have little slots where you can put pins or whatnot there. I almost want to get, like, some of the Imperial wands and the Jedi food capsules and slide them in there. <laughs> you know how the Imperial officers have the, the pin things? Mm-hmm. I want I want to see one double check see what the rebels have and get some of those and put those there and, and the Jedi food capsules on the other side <laughs> just for the just for the giggles uh, and then the keychain I have is, is super nice as well uh, it is uh, a sculpted badge uh, it's like a metal badge on the back um, forgot what it said because I, I don't have an Omni it's it's in the other room um, but it, it's it's got the the rebel logo on the back uh, it says something about rebel commandos and uh, Resist, re- recruit, resist, rebel, something like that. Um, but it's a super nice, super nice thing. I want, I want a rebel imperial. I almost want to take their imperial, their rebel logo on this brown and get a sticker made out of it, put on the laptop. <laughs> you know, with it, with this looking almost like this. Yeah. And I wish they made a patch like this. I would do the patch on my on my uh, Think Geek convention bag of holding with no problem at all. I really like this look uh, with the way the Whatever mar- the the Rebel Commando marking the red and the yellow inside of the the Phoenix is absolutely amazing. I just have one question. Sure. For them. I want to know. So they sent they sent you Rebel stuff and they sent me Imperial stuff. So I just want to ask them, what are you guys trying to say? <laughs> I think they wanted us to have that variety because Ken got Rebel stuff as well. Yeah. So you don't think they're trying to say that I'm the bad guy? <laughs> no. No. But you know, for you, for you, to, I don't know. I might, I might be cool with that. But I, I think for you to carry out the theme, you need to look into the the scout trooper backpack. Have you seen that on their site? Uh, briefly, I got to check it out again. Uh, it is a. It's got durable, weather resistant materials. Uh, the padded laptop pocket. Um, this thing's good size as well. Mm. Um, it's got a nice padded pocket on the inside with, with a strap that comes over the laptop to hold it in the pocket. Is it? But if you don't want that you can always go to amazon and get the rebel pilot roll top bag that's similar to mine 
pocket configuration on the bottom is slightly different, but same type of bag. And that is a pretty cool looking bag as well. Well, I might as well. St- Didn't we just talk about um, BioWorlds putting out a whole a, uh, a new Stormtrooper bag? Uh, yes, I believe so. And that one looked cool as well. Oh, where did that came from? Uh, yeah. That came from StarWars.com, right? I think so. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, some cool stuff. I'm definitely excited for this. And and with the stuff they got from Heroes of Villains, yeah. I want the Star Wars crate now from Loot Crate that they're providing what they said was it say five premium apparel items from Heroes and Villains to help channel your inner rebel. <laughs> um seeing what we got, the three of us from Wookiee Radio, uh when they say a hundred and twenty five dollar value, five items from from Heroes and Villains could almost equal the cost of the box right off the get go. Mm. So, and I've been told by by our friend, one of our friends over at BioWorld, the stuff that they're doing for this box is so exciting. I'm so tempted now. I want it. <laughs> I want it. I, I, I think I'm going to think I may do it because I, I believe this is a one time only box. Well, not to, uh, not to, um, not to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Digress. Not to go, my, not to go with my evil side, but I'm going to say, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will. Ooh, check this out. Get the if you actually. I'm going to tell you off air. Okay. So, because I think as soon as I tell you off air, you're you're going to be going. Yeah, I'm getting this too. So, Uh-oh. um, but to get us started, we put out there like we do every week, and please. Don't even wait for us to to post. Hey, we're recording tonight. Just hit us up going, hey, I want you guys to talk about this. Well, our friends who their show is on the Weeby Geeks Network, our friends over at Super Podcasto, which I love that name. I love their logo. <laughs> they hit us up with the question, yeah. do we need really, no, do we really need another Walking Dead spinoff? And the second question, when will Daryl get eaten? So let's start off with the first one. Do we need another spinoff of The Walking Dead. This would, well, make, this would make the third. Mm-hmm. There is a short answer uh, and a long answer. And since this is a podcast, I'll go with the long answer. Um... <sighs> First, let, let me let me cover uh, the new the the third spinoff. Um, let me talk about that for a minute. Um, so it was announced during the AMC Network's quarter, quarterly earnings call with Wall Street analysts um, that they would be that they are in active development of a new Walking Dead spinoff series. Um, and uh, AMC COO Ed Carroll said, we're not at a stage when we'll be announcing its plans to premiere, but we have hired creative people that have picked story outlines. We feel very good about the development of that series. We're not in a position to talk about partnerships in terms of other territories or ancillary windows, other than there's a healthy appetite for it, and we've had a number of conversations with a lot of players in the space. Now, there has been uh, a lot of things going on. The Walking Dead has been, let's say it's been a bit of a a roller coaster ride. Right. Um, As far as ratings, fan um, reactions, and everything. 
I personally was a fan of the show from the beginning, and I watched it all the way through last season. And then during the summer, the announcement came out that Andrew Lincoln would be leaving the show, who plays the main character, Rick Grimes. Right. And it said, I said, my wife and I in conversation said, uh, without Rick Grimes, do we even care? And I guess the answer must be no, because I haven't actually watched the this new season, although apparently the critics are saying it's one of the best seasons they've ever had, which is interesting. Well, so right now, course. right now for me with this season, this is something I'm looking at coming back to briefly just to see what they're doing with the Whisperers. Yes, which I did was a good story in the comics, so that has me a little interested in coming back to it. But also, has so me I a might lot check out afraid. <laughs> yes, exactly. But so I might check it out after the season's finished. I might like binge watch it or something. But so, of course, then I come back to the do. I do I want to watch it with I mean Rick's gone they killed off Carl um, I've, I mean as far well, they, as Daryl it, it, took, it took out Abraham in in the season yeah. premiere of that was what season 6 season 7 so yeah episode 99 which okay this is another thing that pissed me off with them and this, and this is where with that season I kind of faded out around episode 103 is okay so we right. go into the season finale of the season before on episode 98 Come back with episode 99. Well, what did they do for episode 99? Everything from comic book issue 100. Couldn't you have just waited? One, couldn't you have added filler and ended nine, ended the season before with something different? Set up with the with the premiere of, of that season, 99, leading up to the events of comic issue 100 for TV episode 100? And go, hey, look, we are now at a common point between the two instead of being an issue off it would have been nice but they didn't so that marketing that's the least of my issues that marketing though would have been brilliant sure but they didn't do it so no because they didn't ask yeah, us they, but, and they don't so, listen to us so again um you know the show's had ups upswings and downswings and um, there's word there's word that this is one of the lowest rating seasons they've ever had but then there's also word that the fans are just as as rabid as they've ever been but every time I see comments about oh it's always negative stuff so as if this all wasn't confusing enough we know that in addition to Carl being killed off and Rick leaving we know that uh, Maggie played by Lauren Cohen left as well yep. she's in a new show Whiskey Cavalier which I missed the premiere of, but I kind of want to check out. I haven't seen and it. Then, uh, and then Tom Payne, who plays Jesus, has just opted to be killed off. Um, and uh, Denai Guerrero, who plays Michonne, has announced that she's going to be leaving in, uh, in season 10. And there's also rumors that other cast members are going to, to be leaving. At this point in time, just in the show. Well, that's the thing. I mean, what's left of the show after all this? But, um, yeah, exactly. Daryl and the Whisperers. As I said, I like, I like Daryl, but I like I liked Daryl as like the uh, second hand to Rick. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Rick's, yeah. <laughs> to quote Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Um, so, I mean, 
So with all that happening and the shit, and it seems like it seems like the show. If you if you if you listen to the buzz around social media and everything, it seems like the show should be dying. And yet, um, there's been talk of of them. AMC has said things like, "Oh, we want to go on for another ten years," which is crazy. <laughs> there's nothing. Uh, that, with the way they're killing people off or letting people go, there's nothing there for ten years. I know, I know. And then, um, then there's also been talk that they want to start doing uh, Rick Grimes movies, bring Andrew Lincoln back to do movies, uh, which is also I don't know. It's it's weird. Does he want to? And now we have this. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Um, and now we have this a third show that they want to do. Now some people are probably wow. yelling at us. No, it's only this would be the second spinoff. I disagree. We know there's Fear Fear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember the other spinoff? No. It was a it was a web series. Oh, yeah, the web. Patient Zero. Yeah, I don't consider that a spinoff. See, I, I kind of do. And you know that series was awesome. I, I actually didn't watch it. That one was, was awesome. But that was more of like a limited series. Yeah, a little bit. So I don't really consider it a spinoff myself, but... But... <sighs> Okay, it is, but it isn't. But then, but then, um, that brings me to Fear the Walking Dead, which is sh- is a show I tried to watch. I watched the entire first season. <laughs> I watched a, a, a few episodes of the second season, and I just didn't, it just didn't connect with me. I just didn't care. So I stopped watching. But I've heard that show's gotten a lot better, too. I think it got better when uh, what's his name from Walking Dead went over to it and and cleaned um, house. I'll have to take your word for it because I still haven't watched it. I, I I haven't watched it. I just know the commercials. What's his name goes over there. Yeah. What? Uh, Rick's mm-hmm. friend. Morgan. Yeah. Morgan. Yeah. Um. But but this kind of so this kind of also makes me think. Go back to the comic books and not 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 the Walking Dead comic books specifically, but in general, in general, um, when you if you think about comic books and you think about and this this will actually um, this will actually be will probably be something that will be mentioned in in a story we'll be doing a little later. <laughs> but if you go if you think about comics and what they often do in comics is they take their popular characters and they just saturate the market with them. Yeah, you know you'll get like you'll get like twenty Batman books, a million Avengers books. Uh, uh, we have we have three Justice Leagues right now. X Men. Um, you know, and it's like how how much how many of these things do you really need i mean my favorite here my favorite superhero is Spy, spider-man i love spider-man i've always loved spider-man i always will love spider-man but how many spider-man books do we need you know and this is kind of the same thing how many how many shows about people fighting living in this zombie apocalypse do we need right and then but then it also it also goes to there's also the question of what they want to do with this story and if they could find a, a different angle, which is what I thought Fear the Walking Dead would be, um, then that could be interesting. Like, I thought Fear the Walking Dead to me was supposed to be, like, the beginning of, of the whole thing, of the zombie apocalypse. Right. And it was, but the problem is, I didn't like the I didn't like the characters at all, so I couldn't get into the show. Yeah, I agree with that. So, there, I mean, that's what it boils down to for me. I don't need another Walking Dead show unless they do something Thing, just something amazing with the show, which I don't and think what they the, can. I couldn't. 
Right. I don't think so either. And I couldn't tell you what, what it would be. I couldn't tell you what, what it would be that would get keep my interest at this point. But it's not up to me. So Well, I will say I, I will say my interest on personally. Right. I mean, right now, my interest is there because I'm curious to see the whispers because I I've kinda loved that whole concept on the That uh, was a good story. Yeah. So I'm that curious really I'm cool. curious for that. Right. Yeah, I am too. But beyond that, I'm like yeah no mm. so um and again you know what is it without you know without rick and i know it's supposed to supposed to be like a big ensemble but rick was the big part of it you know he was the he was the he was the main guy yeah yep 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 that's all that's about all i have to say about that now what about daryl when should he be eaten <laughs> I say somewhere between lunch and dinner is a mid-afternoon <laughs> snack. Well, really, what you could do is kind of, you know, spread it out a little and just take little bites at a time, it's not all at once. You know, you know, savor it. You know, save <laughs> some savory treat. Oh, he seems like he seems like he'd be real greasy. So I don't know. You know. Well, since he's always on the the motorcycle and, and the skin's kind of dried out, you like beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Norman Reedus. The character is great, but like like you said earlier, yeah. he, he the character is not a lead character. It's a supporting character. Right, yeah. And, and that's where he fits in perfectly. And he and his brother were created for the TV show, not even in the comics originally. Right. I think Daryl's only appeared on mm-hmm. the comics once, and that was on the cover, but still never oh. in the series, never in the yep. books. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think time's done. I don't think we need another spinoff. Let Fear the Walking Dead run its course and, and build up its seasons. Mm. Then see where you go and maybe consider. I would say bring back the Patient Zero concept and go, okay, here's Patient Zero. But is this the true Patient Zero? Mm. Do, do one-off <laughs> stories of, <laughs> of here's Patient Zero, there's Patient Zero, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you could probably do something like that like walking dead the patient zero files <laughs> so this is we be interesting this is we be geeks patient zero and there we mm-hmm. go show title and you write that one down <laughs> written down for consideration the patient zero files so i have a notepad here to write the stuff down with uh well speaking of writing down guess what you're not going to be doing on rotten tomatoes anymore writing reviews on a movie before the freaking movie comes out good <laughs> That's all we got to say about that. Um, mm. Rotten Tomatoes is also getting rid of the want to see scores for upcoming movies. And all this is because of the review bombing of Captain Marvel. But I think what took it over the edge is when the same trolls. Yes, I said. <laughs> re- start review bombing episode nine. Star Wars Episode Nine, and it doesn't even have an actual title. It still has this production title of Trixie. Why does it have Trixie? Because <laughs> T R I X, which are capitalized I E. So, um, for those who aren't familiar, Rotten Tomatoes offers two scores: the audience score and the critic score. But then there was also the want to see score, which is still got people going. Hey, it still shows how many people who visit the site want to see the movie, but it doesn't. It doesn't come in as a score. It's just a a poll of, yes, I want to see it. Um, 
So, until this week, unreleased movies also had a version of the audience score measuring the anticipation for a film. But in a blog post published on February 25th, it was announced the want-to-see score is going away completely. Uh, To quote Rotten Tomatoes, As of February 25th, we will no longer show the want-to-see percentage score of a movie during its pre-release period. Why might you ask? We found the want-to-see percentage score is often times confused with the audience score percentage number. The audience score percentage, for those who haven't been following, is the percentage of all users who have rated the movie or TV show positively. Or, yeah, positively. Uh, that is, given a star rating of 3.5 or higher, and is only shown once the movie or TV show is released. Now, thanks to um, non-constructive input, which they say sometimes bordering on trolling, let's just say, how about non-constructive input that is full-blown invasion of trolling not bordering yeah no kidding they have they have figured out a way to go through the wall not under it not over it they just went through it and or they've pushed that wall from the border all the way up to the northern u.s and that's all because of the trolls now um over the past couple weeks people have spammed captain marvel with negative comments to the point that looked like the least it was going to be the least popular movie, Marvel movie to date. Instead of judging the movie on its merits, the comments were motivated by the fact that Captain Marvel is a woman. Oh my God, that's so disgraceful. And Brie Lawson, Larson, wants a more diverse pool of journalists to cover the movie. Well, okay, I kind of agree there, because some of the journalists been, that's been covering movies um, kind of been one-sided. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a more diverse pool of journalists. There's kid journalists out there. Let them out. Can't make oh, their yeah. voices count. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about a, a Black Panther had a lot of diverse because it brought out more of the black population to see it. And those reporters, you know, in, in newspapers and media listen to, you know, got critics and journalists from that from that culture, I guess is the word I'm looking for, from that ethnicity to have their voice heard about the film, right. which is fine. I'm cool with that. Should there be more women talking about this? Well, yeah, there was for Wonder Woman, give Captain Marvel the same credit, sure, the same respect. So, so yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with this going away. Uh, I say, yep, me too. Don't post the critic score. I mean, yeah, this coming Thursday they're doing the fan events at six o'clock in the evening or seven o'clock in the evening, depending on your theater. Cool, awesome. Don't release your critic score. I say, don't release it until after opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Wait till the Monday after the movie's opened. Movie opens on Friday. That Monday release your critic scores. Let's go a step further. Why? Because then you get a more fair and honest thing instead of everyone now all the trolls going out Thursday night or Friday morning when everything opens and trashing then. Lock it down till after. Right. So that's just my thought. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is from um, what I read, the pre-sale tickets are doing really well. Yeah. So these trolls that are trying to, to crash the movie, you know, fortunately, they're failing. Yep. I mean, 
it's getting to a point they're going to find out uh, wh- whether it's what Ethan Van Skyver's doing with his stuff, which cool. I mean, his, his his YouTube channel, great. I mean, it's there's a few things that I agree with him with. There's a lot of things I don't. But hey, that's the internet. It's 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 cool. He's a great artist. I love his work. I own I own a piece of his that that's an unfinished pencils that he thought was junk that I happen to have from re from the rebirth issue you know dc's rebirth i'm never gonna get it finished i like it the way it is eventually i'll get it framed it's pretty cool it's there there's some stuff that i don't agree with what he's saying and, and that's fine there may be stuff if he listens to our show that he doesn't agree with with us and that's cool respect that i'm not bashing him but there there's but he he's brought up the whole thing about social justice warriors and he's made it his cause to to expose them well okay mm. Some of the videos are entertaining. Some of them are, I don't find appealing, but he, he has made some points. The whole social justice warrior movement has gotten out of control. It really has. And sometimes it's not even social justice warriors. It's, it's the fandom warriors that are getting out of control. I mean, how many times have you seen people our age being told by, by Star Wars fans younger than us by 20, 30 years telling us, we don't know what we're talking about. We don't we don't know what you know, we're wrong about how we feel about a Star Wars film and that's that, you know? So I think what I've never had that happen. I mean, I've seen it. I haven't had it happen to me, but I've, I've witnessed it on the internet. But with what Rotten Tomatoes is doing, I mean, why are these trolls attacking the Disney products? Because they felt that the, the DC products were unfairly being attacked. Well, no. Have you looked at, at False Ending Suicide Squad? Two False Ending Suicide Squad, I mean. Have you looked at Batman, Heart Superman, The Yawn of Justice? Have you looked at Justice Flop? And it's not just them. Look at the Fantastic Flop. The last one for from, from Fox. Look at Apocalypse. <laughs> X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Do I need to go anymore? To me, a judge of a movie is, where does it rank compared to Jim and the Holograms that the that the movie studios pulled after two weeks? Do you have, if you have a better score or rating than that, hey, it may be a decent film. If you have a score lower than Jim and the Holograms, yeah, I'm definitely waiting for Cable. And the 2016 or 2015 fantastic flop is on cable and I still haven't watched it. I, I feel dirty just having it in my iTunes library. <laughs> so anyway, I think we made a big enough splash. <laughs> And if you thought our rant, sure. you th- if you thought we were ranting now, oh, let's just wait till later. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse you. Wait, wait. <laughs> Okay, making a splash. Did you do something? I didn't hear anything. You didn't hear it. I did do nope. something. Uh, I did not. Well, then. Now you're making me check my settings. <laughs> this isn't fair. Well, it's all there. I didn't hear it. You heard the theme song, right? Yes. Well, then. Let me try this again. Well, then. <laughs> That's weird. It's showing up in the wrong spot. Why? I don't know. Anyway, I flushed the toilet. Ah. <laughs> now I got to figure out why it's not in the right spot. Anyway, continue, sir. Taking my phone off soon. <laughs> well, 
Speaking, as we were, of DC movies, uh, most recently, DC had a little movie come out in December called Aquaman. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Aquaman was not a bad movie. It was okay, but it was not a great movie. It kind of suffers a little bit from uh, Avatar-itis, in which it's pretty. It sure is a pretty movie, but it doesn't have a whole lot of substance. That being said, uh, compared to all the other stuff, I would put it second in line below Wonder Woman as far as rankings of the DC movies go. Um, but it did pretty well. People seem to like it because it's uh, it did so well in the fact that it is, of course, as you might expect, getting a sequel. And Warner Brothers has decided to put the sequel to Aquaman uh, to give it a release date of December 16th, 2022. Uh, this is according to Entertainment Weekly. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, according to Entertainment Weekly, Disney also has something scheduled to come out, an unspecified live action movie on the very same date, December 16th, 2022. Uh-huh. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, of course, Warner Brothers is looking to rehire James Wan for the sequel, uh, but they've already hired screenwriter David Leslie Johnson, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, geez, too many names, um, and there was also talk of the possibility of a spin-off movie based on The Trench, which I don't see that going well, but whatever. Um, um, of course, Aquaman is also the has become the highest grossing DC film of all time, currently sitting at one point one four two billion. And oh, it's, the video release is March fifth next week. Oh wow! So yes. So the question is, what is this movie that Disney has coming out on December sixteenth, the same day as Aquaman? Hmm. Could it be well, a Star Wars film? It very well could be. That is a high possibility, given that they have released many of most of their new movies in December, with the exception of Solo, which should have been released in December. If not, it should have been in August. Certainly. So there is a good possibility it could be another Star Wars film, in which case that would be interesting. Aquaman versus Star Wars. The Battle of the Ages. What if, However, it, what if it was The Little Mermaid live mm-hmm. action? <laughs> Something's fishy there. Did I just do that? Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a thing as well. So it's still early, of course. That's uh, that's still quite a ways away. But uh, yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes open to see what happens in in that uh, battle royale coming up. Who will Aquaman be facing in 2022? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> well, I guess to continue on, how about this one? Well, we know Disney, when buying Fox, which that deal can be complete as early as within the next ten days of recording or June. Um, they will be owning Fox's share of Hulu. As it stands now, ownership's broken into four parts. Disney, Fox, Comcast, NBC Universal, and, and Comcast and slash NBC Universal, each owning 30%, while Warner Media owns the last 10%. Now, when the Disney Fox deal closes, that's going to give Disney 60%. <laughs> 
which means the company would be a majority owner of Hulu. But they want to grow their share to 70% when, as they're trying, as Disney's trying to talk Warner Media into selling their share. Um, now the Very price, interesting. the price has not been made public, but supposedly reported value that they're offering is 9.3 billion as recent as last year. So meaning that they'd likely shell out around $1 billion for Warner, Warner Media stake in the streaming platform, which would be a good thing considering, I mean, that'd be money that go right towards Warner Media's new streaming platform. Mm. Uh, should the deal go through between Disney and Warner Media, it all confirms that Disney will be targeting Hulu for its original adult-oriented programming while reserving family, all-ages shows, and movies for their brand-new Disney Plus service. That is an interesting idea. Which means the Netflix... Marvel shows will go back there. Uh, we already heard about the Marvel cartoons that go in there. Now they could do some of that as well. Deadpool would be over there. Uh, in fact, Disney CEO Bob Iger confirmed as much in the latest corporate investors call, saying that they will continue making Deadpool and other programming aimed directly at adults if they manage to find a way to make sure consumers could tell it is an adult property. Well, if you keep making Deadpool movies, hello, rated R, adult property. Property. No kids allowed. Enforce it. Um, now, Warner Warner Media, on the other hand, is also in the process of putting together their own streaming platform, uh, set to debut, debut later this year as well. Um, it will Im include three different tiers: movies, movies plus original programming, and library content plus licensed programming. So, so yeah, there's that. So, yeah, I, th I think it's pretty cool. I, it's it's yeah, scary. That's a pretty cool idea. It, it's scary. That it could go that way, but, but I, I see it working. I see it. Mm, definitely, and it, it it also shows you that Disney is not going to just throw away. Uh, some of the good Fox franchises just because they are geared more towards adults or that they're R-rated. See Aliens going to Like Hula. Deadpool. Aliens. Right, exactly. Let's see. Uh, I would see Bohemian Rhapsody go over to uh, Hulu because mm. that is a 20th Century Fox movie. And I discovered Disney owns the, the rights to the Queen catalog of music. No I kidding. did not know that. I did not know that either. So how about a, a re-theming of Rock and Roller Coaster? to Queen since they're becoming the flavor of the day. Interesting. But I, I like Queen. I always have. I, I've always liked yeah, Queen. Yeah, could be. So, anyway, now that we've raised a little hell. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Good, because I didn't. <laughs> <clears throat> well, let's talk about the Hellraiser himself, uh, Mr. John Constantine. Now... <laughs> Let us remember, children, back long ago in the days of yore, back in 2015, when NBC had announced that they weren't going to be renewing Constantine for a second season. Remember those? I thought you were talking. I thought you were going way back to Keanu Reeves. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, Constantine. Remember, it was a show. It had a little bit of trouble getting off the ground, but it was it was starting to really find its footing but NBC decided it didn't it hadn't done it quick enough so they decided to can the show which is disappointing yeah um but uh, of course fans wanted to keep see it keep going so there is of course a campaign launched to save the show and Warner Brothers also seemed eager to keep it going 
uh, attempting to get another network to pick it up. However, none of that seemed to work, which led uh, leading producer Daniel Cerrone to comment, we're leaving behind wild and passionate fans who believe in and were moved by what we tried to do. To leave such a significant, dedicated, and active fan base on the table, that's the real sadness. You all deserve many years of the series we set out to make, and we're disappointed that we couldn't deliver that to you. Well, that was sad news indeed. But then, in March of 2018, the uh, CWC online streaming platform brought back Constantine, sort of, um, with, uh, with a bunch of animated episodes that were compiled together into the feature-length film Constantine, City of Demons, which did uh, continue to use the voice of actor Matt Ryan, right? That's who it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, almost had, I thought I had a brain fart there, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it continued to use Matt Ryan and the voice of Constantine. So, and it, it kind of kept it in continuity. But then, if that wasn't enough, since fans were pretty happy with that, uh, they brought Constantine into Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, and fans seem to be pretty happy with that because I know for one thing, I've been enjoying him on Legends of Tomorrow. It's been nice to see him in there. I think he fits in nicely with that crew. But now, so. Sources close to We Got This Covered uh, say that there's a full-blooded new Constantine show in development. And, of course, intriguing. Warner Brothers wants Matt Ryan back to roll. Yes, very intriguing. So the question is, how would this happen? Would uh, There's two possibilities, which are kind of both equally interesting. Number one, of course, you could have a new Constantine show that is a part of the CW Arrowverse. Um, and there's been some interesting rumors coming out among this, the Arrowverse shows, including uh, some some thoughts that they're not happy with Supergirl's ratings, and th- that show could be in danger as well as Arrow possibly being in danger of cancellation. Um, so could they possibly get rid of one of those shows and bring in a Constantine show? Who knows? It's not entirely out of the question. However, the other possibility is, if you'll recall, there is now a DC Universe streaming app that has shows like Doom Patrol. Oh, uh, and- my Lord. The premiere episode. Not what I was expecting from DC, but I loved it. Really? Yeah. And um, in addition, they also have an upcoming Swamp Thing show, which is interesting. So you can see from those two shows alone that they are not afraid to try things. So maybe Constantine could fit in really well on the DC streaming app. Especially considering that he actually made the character actually made his debut in the pages of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. So that would be interesting to see him pop up maybe in the Swamp Thing show and then have his own show. Hmm. So whatever direction they go in, I think the good news is there's still a possibility for a full Constantine comeback. And and that's good news, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to um, Rotten Tomatoes 
real quick. Mm-hmm. It, it has come across my Facebook timeline that uh, apparently someone on Twitter who has been has has since deleted his post, but it, it's Twitter. It still exists out there. People have screen captured. I'm not going. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give the man or woman the privilege of having their Twitter name announced. But beef of his post, I have officially canceled my ticket order for hashtag Captain Marvel in response to the change in Rotten Tomatoes website. <laughs> so um, there's still more to this, but let's let's just start off with that part. So he's blaming Captain Marvel for the change in the website. Okay, cool. But it's not Captain Marvel that did it. It was a combination. Nope. And I would say at this point in time to this person, don't even buy tickets for episode nine because that has something to do with it as well. Yep. It was Rotten Tomatoes over the last couple of years has been taking heat for trolling on different movies, be it DC, Star Wars, Marvel, whoever else. And they just mm-hmm. said, we're done. So to continue on, he mm-hmm. says, in all caps, I was, then going back to normal, going to take one for the team because it's the hashtag MCU, but hashtag Disney, you could kiss my white male, and I'll leave it there. Boo hoo. I will say this person does have a YouTube channel, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, dude, you suck. Yep. You, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. Yep. You just gut instinct reacted. Oh, Captain Disney is complaining about Captain Marvel getting all the attacks. I, I don't think they, I think they complained that how unfair they were being attacked before the movie was officially released because anything that mm-hmm. happened with the Warner Brothers stuff happened after the movie was released, not before. Right. But everyone's so anti-Disney. I'm not because, you know, well, folks. I should hope not. That's where my paycheck comes from. (laughs) It has for the last 21 years. Um, I mean, I'm critical of Marvel and Disney products and Star Wars products. But, I mean, I'm not anti-Disney. It's just people have it in their own head and they don't know what. They don't know what they're doing. They're 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 reacting without thinking. Just point mm. blank. They're reacting without thinking. So um but here here's one that's got some thought behind it. Uh Gremlins is about to make a major comeback. Nice. Um in the animated way. Uh Variety revealed <laughs> on Monday like- that Warner Brothers was working on an animated Gremlin series. But here's the problem. It's going to air exclusively on the upcoming Warner Media streaming service. Mm. <laughs> Take me off, just like CBS did. I say, hey, new mm-hmm. Twilight Zone. Oh, really? CBS. Only on CBS All Access. Well, kiss my white male buttocks. Yeah. Let, let me let me let me go the Futurama route. Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> so uh, the new series will be a period piece and will act as a prequel to the films. Centered around Mr. Wing, who will be a young man going on adventures with Mogwai Gizmo. Uh, attached <laughs> to the project already is C, is Z, uh, T Chun. I don't remember how the T Z E is pronounced. Z Chun is to write and executive produce the new adventure. He is known for writing and producing hit shows like Gotham and Once Upon a Toy, or Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Toy is a shop at Disney Springs. Uh, he also made waves in the comic industry lately, co-founding new publisher TKO Studios. Huh. We need to see if we could possibly get him on the show. He could be fun. Sounds interesting. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
Warner Media Service, which doesn't have a name yet, is hoping to launch in the next couple of years. Uh, revealed that earlier this year that the beta version of the service, uh, which would not include any original content, but the goal was to see what originals is to see originals begin launching by 2020. Gremlins would be the first one, the first to arrive. Hmm. So I'm excited. I'm so excited. Just can't hide it. And I'm was. not. I'm not on caffeine pills like Jesse Spano. It's a Saved by the joke. Saved by the bell. Oh. Joke. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I went there. I don't know about the joke. But... I went there. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyway, you want it? It is karaoke night. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Over here, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the funny things, funny things happening these days. Uh, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Um, did you hear that? Uh, did you hear that Disney is shutting down Marvel Comics? No, you didn't, because it's only speculation. So. Uh, um, there's a lot of people that would say that the comic book industry is in um, a bit of a rough state now. Um, it was recently announced that DC would be cutting back a percentage of their comics. Um, that exact percentage depends on who you talk to. Uh, well, the, I guess um, the other question now is, have you actually is, seen a, a cutback? Not yet. Okay. Um, and now it's being speculated that that Disney may actually be considering shutting down Marvel Comics. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'll believe, yeah. I'll believe that when so, Cal Farts are regulated. Oh, wait. Never mind. Cal Farts. So, Looking at you, California. So um, this all started when uh, when a press release was issued by Marvel Comics Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada and Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sibolsky, um, who are attending the upcoming South by Southwest, where the pair will be hosting a panel and putting it forth how Marvel Comics is responsible for the success in other markets, such as film, TV, video games, and merchandise. The panel will be titled Marvel from Comics to Screens. It will be an hour-long panel that will look at some of how some of Marvel's most iconic characters and storylines have contributed to the games, movies, and television series that are so renowned among popular culture. Uh, everything starts with an idea, and Marvel Comics is a spark that lights the fire, according to the press release. So, uh, Bleeding Cool, who, uh, you know, is Bleeding Cool, yeah. uh, they they are they are saying or implying or inferring that the reason that Joe Quesada and Sibolsky are doing the panel is in essence to save Marvel Comics as sales have been dwindling for years and they need to convince Disney that publishing Marvel comic books, even though they are losing money, is still a good idea because it is the inspiration for markets that do make money, such as Kevin Feige's insanely popular MCU. So, 
as far as the state of comic book sales these days, um, there was a retailer summit that was recently held, which saw comic book store owner Brian Hibbs um, say that the industry is nearly on its knees and pointed directly to Marvel as the main culprit. To which he said, national sales are very poor. There are comics in the national top 100 that aren't even selling 20,000 copies. Now, on a side note, if you remember back in the days when um, Jim Lee relaunched, helped to relaunch X-Men, there was, what, like a million copies sold? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Now we're talking about 20,000. A significant number of stores have closed, perhaps as many as 10% of outlets, according to Hibbs. Want a clear and current example of Marvel's preposterous flood zone, flood the zone strategy? War of the Realms is supposed to be their major Q2 project in 2019. But in the first month alone, they're asking us to buy into two issues of the series being released with no sales data, as well as four different tie-in miniseries. All six of these comics, which are built around a six-issue storyline, will require final orders from us before we've sold a single comic to an actual reader. Is there anyone in this room that thinks this is a good is good that this is sustainable that this will sell more comics to more readers that this will sell any copies to people who aren't already on board Marvel's periodicals already so there's a lot of different things that lead to the speculation um, you know people have, have complained about the way Marvel has been doing things lately with their constant um, restarting of series and such. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, multiple books for heroes and things like that. Too many events. Um, and then there's things like um, the fact that Marvel is working with IDW Publishing to release some more all ages books and such. Um, Which I have no problem with some, that. No, but the thought is that they could, Disney could, this could be the start of Disney working to shut down Marvel and have characters licensed out to other publishers like IDW and such. That's one of the speculations. Um, and then, but, and that's kind of like um, how Disney's handling video games, where Disney CEO Bob, Bob Iger recently said um, in an investor's call that the, that Disney isn't going to bother producing video games in-house because they feel it isn't worth it. So could that happen to Marvel, perhaps? That's some of the speculation. So... I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of speculation and a lot of rumors and a lot of theories going on right now. But there are a few simple facts that um, many comic fans will agree with. And that is there is a bit of an oversaturation, not just with Marvel, um, but with with DC, too, and, and some other stuff. Given that, number one, the prices are higher, are, are you know, high now. And number Number two, there are some books, with, and this is what really bothers me the most. There are some books that ship twice a month. Right. I don't think that's necessary, and I, that drives me nuts. Granted, it's it's a lot of the more popular books like Batman. 
Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, and such. But still, I don't think we need books twice a month. And nobody... I've heard a lot of complaints about it. Well, I know the Darth Vader title but, you know, has two issues coming out, I think, this month. Yeah, so... But pricing? Okay, DC just lowered their price to two ninety nine. Marvel is still holding steady and has for many years at three ninety nine for your traditional size book. Mm-hmm. If it's a little mm-hmm. thicker, it's gone up to four ninety nine. And depending mm-hmm. on how many more pages, mm-hmm. it's gone up to seven ninety nine. Like Tag and Bank are still dead. It's a thicker book. It's a collaboration of quite a few issues. Yeah, seven ninety nine. But the thing with most Marvel books, that extra dollar. You're paying for is for the digital code so you can get the digital copy on Comicology. So you can bag and board your Marvel book and read it digitally and save the wear and tear on your books if that's the way but you want to go. Well, what if you don't? I would rather have a cheaper book and no digital code. See, I want the digital code. I don't. I would rather have a cheaper book. Okay. Because for me, it's about about the more expensive the book, the less books you get to you can have. Yeah. Well, for me, I I like the I like the. Well, I'm hearing DCs incorporating in their books digital codes at the two ninety nine price point. Is this true? Well, the better. I have no idea. You should ask. I haven't any, but ask Paul. He's the one that works at the store, right? No, Dario does. Okay, ask Dario next time you see him. I, I heard that, that that's what's going on, but if DC can do it with the code for the book at two ninety nine, then there's no reason why Marvel couldn't. Or at the very least, offer a cheaper book without a digital code. Yeah. If they want to have one with the because I don't use the digital code. See, I do. I mean, I'm collecting the books because I want them, but with my dog, with my child, not having a lot of space, I tend to grab more books digitally that I, that I, I was interested in, but I don't want to completely own my collection. I'm going to go there, the digital route. But two, with where I work, yeah, I have some downtime. It's easier for me to read read my books digitally on my iPad than trying to take the physical book and run the risk of, of ruining my book. Or if I'm traveling, I'd rather read it digitally See, me, than ruin my books. See, for me, it's a complete opposite. I would never read my book at work or while I'm traveling. I don't really travel much, but that is besides the point. No, I mean, we're, we're not saying either one of us is wrong. Uh, we're just bringing, um, I think we're bringing two different opinions to the table, and, and both of them were valid. Two different, yeah. Um, right, no, exactly. So, I mean, I, I totally get what Derek says, and I agree. I want to see the books get a little cheaper. Um, but I, I just want to know, if DC's offering digital books with digital codes for two ninety nine, then DC or then Marvel could do the same thing. At this point in time, Marvel could do the same thing. Mm. If, I don't know if DC actually is or not, though. Correct. Which I'd be curious, like I said, be curious to know. So, uh, and with your story you kind of hit the story i was going to do about the panel but so i don't need to do that (laughs) so uh how about this i'm gonna end it with this we should have led this top of the show with it but we'll bring it to a close this way Catherine Catherine helmand from who's the boss everybody loves raymond oh soap passed away today at the age of 89 yeah she was married to her husband david christian for 57 years uh yeah Mm. Um, so, uh, and he, he said in a statement as well, I've been with Catherine since I was 19 years old. The night she died, I saw that the moon was exactly half full, just as I am now. Half of what I've been my entire huh. adult life. 
Uh, she oh. died Saturday of complications from Alzheimer's. Mm. So during her five-year or five-decade career, 50-year career, she was nominated for multiple Emmys and won two Golden Globes for two roles for which she is best known. On Soap, which ran four seasons, she played lovable, naive Jessica Tate. Didn't she come back in a cameo as Jessica Tate and Benson? I'm not sure. On Who's the Boss, she played Mona, in which she won um, her second Golden Globe. Um, and co-star Tony Danza called her a national treasure following the news of her death. Alyssa Milano called Helmand an instrumental part of her life in a tribute posted on Friday. Uh, you taught me how to hold my head above the marsh, she wrote. You taught me to do anything for a laugh. What an example you were. So, yeah, some great roles. Uh, she also has voice role credits in Cars and yeah. credits in three Terry Gillum films, Time Bandits, oh, Brazil, and Fear and Loathing oh. in Las Vegas. Uh, she also had a reoccurring roles on Coach, too. That was actually a fun show until they went, until they jumped the shark and made him a pro coach here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, she earned a Tony Award for her performance in Eugene O'Neill's The Great God Brown because uh, she got her start in theater. Uh, a memorial for family and friends is currently being planned. Um, so definitely Jessica, Mona, whoever you are, Miss Helmond, you will be missed. Definitely. So any final thoughts? Uh, nope. Okay. I think I'm off. What a crazy ride it's been. Yep. This is definitely the patient zero files <laughs> well on that note uh, there's only one thing left to be said want to know more so um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club this has been a Weeby Geeks production. Try to take over the world. Hello, this is Full Stars Podcast. And we talk about those films that set themselves up for a sequel that never came. Here's an episode condensed into 60 seconds. Pleased to be enjoy. What's our, what's our poisons then? You get what you're given. That's some foul stuff. Does this film confirm the existence of God? Dum 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 dum. Such a look of confusion on my face. <laughs> yeah, can can we do a quick mini review of, of 4DX? <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. I had to go sit on the stairs because it was just more enjoyable. And he time. looks he looks at the naked lady in front of him, and immediately 150 pressurized egg whites shoots all over him. <laughs> Take <laughs> what? But, but what was the point in even, even including it? To calm his nerves. It was probably but we just don't placebo. need him to calm his Why he not have him? Yes, we did. Why not have him be calm? <laughs> just cut the scene. The film is two hours long. <laughs> just cut the scene. No. So this, was, this was a manic time. Yes, this was another. It's a bit, this is insanity. <laughs> what happened to us? <laughs> I guess we'll wrap things up. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Just type Full Stars Pod in. Mm, full Stars Pod in. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of pod in. That's pretty much how the shows go. We just use that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>